What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you're having an amazing day. And I'm really, really excited to share today's interview with you. These guys, um, this is, yeah, plural. We got two guests on our podcast today. Um, Their names are Stuart Harrison and Henry Brown. And they are coaches on the Deep Clean team. And I wanted to get them on the podcast for a couple of reasons. Um, for starters, I thought it would be really cool for you guys to hear some more recovery stories. Uh, I know at least a handful of you have told me that you want to get free so that you can help others get free one day. And these guys are shining examples of that. Um, almost everybody that's on our team has been through our system, has benefited from it, and is now wanting to help others. And these guys are really at the top of that list. Uh, the second thing is I wanted you guys to learn from some coaches that are really on the ground. And Henry and Stuart spend hours every single week messaging guys, running group coaching calls, asking questions, giving insights and answers, and just doing a whole bunch of different things to help people in their recovery journey. And I thought, hey, why not pull the gold out of these guys and figure out what is it that seems to be helping people get free in today's day and age? And the last reason I brought them on is because I thought it would be really interesting to talk a little bit about the local church because I was a pastor for 10 years before I launched Deep Clean. Stuart is a local church pastor right now. Henry is a local church pastor right now. Uh, They both serve in kind of secondary like associate or assistant roles. And um, I just thought it would be fascinating to hear their take on the role of the local church in recovery, where the local church maybe can make some changes and some improvements, and also what can we do right now? You know, if you are in recovery, how can you capitalize on the local church that you have, even if they're not willing to talk about pornography and sex and everything else? And there was some real gold when we got to that part of the conversation. So I'm super excited for you to listen to this whole thing. This is not um, this is not like, a, hey, if you join Deep Clean, you get to work with us and look at how great we are and we laugh together and have fun. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not that kind of an interview. I just thought these guys can bring some value and, um, and, and hopefully give you a little bit of an idea of uh, at least a bit more of the Deep Clean philosophy. We certainly do talk about that. So it's not like we kept our program completely under wraps. But the, the real goal was just to, to impart some value, to, to get some really unique angles and takes on recovery subjects, and to hopefully help you live a life of confidence, of integrity, and ultimately of freedom. So uh, I'm really excited to share this with you guys. Let's jump right in. Here's my interview with Henry and Stuart. So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose, supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. All right. Well, here we are with Stuart Harrison, Henry Brown, uh, two of my favorite deep clean coaches. You guys are also the only two deep clean coaches, but uh, that's irrelevant as far as I'm concerned. Definitely my two favorites here. Uh, guys, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. Yeah. So uh, this is really fun. You know, um, I it's very hard for me to actually think deeply about your stories and not get emotional because you guys both came into the, the deep clean system with uh, some dreams and some desires on your heart that had been maybe hindered or delayed or whatever it might be. 
And, uh, you know, through your recovery journeys, you guys have now entered new levels and your callings and your destinies. And so we're going to get into all of that. But I want to set the stage a little bit for our listeners who maybe aren't familiar with your stories. Tell us a little bit about kind of the the, the recovery journey, what brought you to the point of getting help, um, and then maybe just in a nutshell, kind of what, what recovery looked like. And Henry, maybe I'll have you kick that one off, and then Stuart, you can go next. Um, yeah, I discovered a podcast, and uh, it wasn't yours. You weren't doing yours yet, but it was our friend yeah. Drew Boas. Yes. And he was saying stuff that I thought, wow, I've thought this for years, but I've never really verbalized that to people. And so I just started listening to it. And I thought, wow, this guy's really onto something. And then one of his guests said something that made me realize uh, how much in denial I was. And I was like, <laughs> I have a problem. Sorry for my dogs there. Oh, that's okay. um, and uh, Drew, I contacted him because he was the only one I knew at that point. Um, and he didn't have any availability. So he referred me to you. And so that's how I got to you. And I uh, flew through deep clean really quickly. And it was amazing uh, how eye-opening it was uh, to things. And I didn't realize how much hatred and contempt I had for myself. Hmm. Um, and, you know, what I've learned was just reenacting things from the past uh, throughout my life. Huh. So. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, and you you had some very cool moments, but I, I I know the one thing that I remember when you were going through the program, Henry, is you were very diligent, like very committed, and it's one thing I really admired about you is your your yes is your yes, and your no means no, and um and it's really really cool, man. Yeah, thank you, Stuart. How about you, man? Yeah, um, I think I going back free deep clean connection. I had, I knew that I had a problem, but genuinely didn't know where to go to, to get help. I had out to a few different people, a, a pastor from a previous church connection, um, a friend. And if I'm honest, um, I was very disappointed, but I actually think I'd put expectation in them being the one to help me. And so I got to a point of realizing that actually I'm the one who needs to do the work. I'm, I can't expect others just because I reached out to them to do it for me. Yeah. And so, yeah, um, I think heard about you, Sophia, um, through some mutual friends um, and just thought, okay, I need to, to step up and give this a go. Um, yeah. And so it was a very different approach to anything of like just personal trying to put different filters in place trying to to apply willpower um, but it, it was really just the, the digging down deeper and to recognizing what are the causes of uh, my emotions going on in the backgrounds that are causing me to to medicate in a sense and to deal with those in an un unhealthy way yeah um, it was digging down into those things that really made the impact for me yeah it's really cool and um, what would you guys say on the other side like what's been the greatest benefactor. We're going to obviously get into uh, the role you play within Deep Clean now, helping other guys. So we'll leave that off the table for now because we're already going to get into it. But otherwise, um, but I guess I'm just curious. You know, what are what are some of the things where you know now when you look at your lives day to day, you're thinking this is awesome. This was not here before, and now that I've gone through the system, I've gone rid of some of the root issues. 
Um, now I get to experience this and this is amazing. I think for me, the, the huge contrast between my comp- just in my confidence, I was living very much weighed down with shame because I didn't know how to deal with it myself. And so there's ultimately a problem with me and how can I help other people? How can I be a, a man of integrity if I'm wrestling with this and, and not able to deal with it? Um, so, yeah, I think a massive shift is just in my confidence personally in myself. There's always growth um, still to come there. Um, but, yeah, and then I think that surprisingly quite quickly showed to, to other people as well because I did get people reaching out to me um, and asking me to to meet with them and talk with them about some things they were struggling with. So um, that's just helped me my confidence in myself but it's helped me then be more useful and more valuable to other people yeah yeah and i've i've noticed that i still remember there was one particular one or two sessions man where you came in and uh you could tell like the the switch had been flipped and uh and it was really cool and it's been awesome to see you walk in that henry how about you what comes to mind um it's kind of like when i got glasses in eighth grade and i realized that there was all this detail that i'd been missing um it was like wow you can see faces of the people on the platform at church or i could see the strands in the carpet sitting on the couch uh and being able to feel and recognize uh just emotions has been crazy it's like high definition uh with that that's so cool yeah and i mean i i love something like that because it's so fundamental like that that spreads into so many facets of life right like work and relationships and everything else so it's really cool um mm-hmm. you guys are coaches now on the deep clean team you're helping other people get free of porn addiction uh you know it's funny i feel like i talk to my psychologist friends you know clinical psychologists and therapists and they're like porn addiction like are you crazy addiction is so much work and porn addiction like you know it's so complicated and like why would you get into that kind of work and then you know i talk to my business friends and they're like dude of all the ways to make money like why porn addiction like are you crazy you know like it feels like no matter where i go people just kind of think i'm crazy for doing the work i'm doing and um and i love it you know i have no apology for it but i guess i'm just curious on your guys end you know um what would what would drive you to to not only you know experience breakthrough in this area of your life already which we've talked about but then go to the next step and say, I'm going to actually dedicate time out of my day on a regular basis to help other guys get free. What What's motivated you? And Stuart, maybe I'll have you kick it off. Sure. I think, again, just coming back to my own um, shift from living in shame, knowing that God had a call up on my life to do more, um, and but not knowing how to take that step from being under shame to actually being able to, to live that out in a, in a much fuller way. Yeah. And just having experienced that for myself, like I'm hungry for that for, for other people. And so, yeah, it's that's what motivates me. Um, and that's what gives me the most um, fulfillment when when you get those moments with other guys where you see that they've, they've had a shift in their mentality. Um, they've other things in their life as well get impacted as they're as they're processing through their emotions and as they're finding finding greater levels of freedom. Yeah. So, yeah, I think just I have a, a heart for seeing people growing into the fullness of what they can do. And this is just a massive way for, for these guys to, to begin that journey, really, to break free from the shame that can completely alienate you from being able to move forward in that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's exciting to see. 
He's a oh, great yeah. teacher. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, that is, um, that's your story too. Like in a lot of ways, you wanted to get more involved in church leadership and, you know, didn't want to deal with the hypocrisy or the, the kind of double life that could come with that. And, um, and it, then it's cool because uh, as you kind of alluded to, you were getting church leadership opportunities as you were kind of getting to the end of the course, you know, people could see the shift in you and now you get to do that on, on so many different fronts. And so it's cool that you're kind of allowing other people to step into their calling as well. Henry, how about for you, man? Why on earth would you become uh, a porn addiction recovery coach? I think in large part because I just resigned myself that this was just something that I dealt with. It was just a struggle that I was going to have and that it couldn't be any different. Mm. Um, and it doesn't have to be that way. It's, uh, there's a reason behind it and you can get into those reasons and allow God to heal you from that. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. And it's, it's literally exactly what you're doing in people's lives every week, right? You're in, inspiring that hope. Um, you guys are obviously walking, talking examples of that. But then, of course, you get to kind of walk people through their breakthroughs as well. So um, I guess what I thought would be really fun is to hear from you guys, you know, what is, what's helping? And, and maybe before we can talk about what's helping, what's hurting people in their recovery? What are, what are the mistakes that people are, are making, um, you know, maybe early on when they join our program or maybe even outside of that? Because I know you guys are are pastoring in different capacities and um, and involved in people's lives in other ways. And I, I think maybe that would be a good point to start. Um, you know, for me, I, I'm posting on social media every day. This is a daily podcast. And the one thing I remind myself of all the time is to share about the blunders and the mistakes uh, because uh, I made a lot of them in recovery. So I don't mind you guys sharing from your own personal lives as well. But um, but Henry, maybe you can kick this one off, man. Like what are some common mistakes that you see people running into in the recovery journey? I think the first thing that I see is they want to stop a behavior instead of healing their heart. Uh, And what they're doing uh, isn't, there is a behavior involved in it, but treating the behavior and not the the root cause the that's behind the behavior isn't going to bring long-term success. And so the way I phrase that is, is that there's a difference between sobriety and freedom. Uh, and you can seek sobriety, uh, but what we really, really want is freedom. Yeah. And it makes sense. Um, there are so many other things that and I've never struggled with these, so I don't know the causes behind those. But I think, you know, you think about alcoholism or smoking or different drugs and trying to get off those. And I think it's a different thing with porn because it's more internal um, than those. Yeah. And so uh, I think that's the biggest mistake is treating that like some of these other things. Um, and maybe it's more akin to. Uh, an eating disorder because there's something internal that is there and we treat it differently. And that's the biggest thing I see. Um, One of the things that I thought was the craziest thing that you said to me when I first started the program was don't worry about how often you slip or relapse, just record it and record what the external cause was and the internal cause that it was meeting. And that sounded so strange to me 
but that was just groundbreaking because there were so many emotions that I was choosing to numb from that I didn't even know they were there. I just knew um, that this was at the time a better choice, if you will, uh, yeah. because I didn't know how to resolve those and how to deal with those. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, we still have people do that to this day. I think it's a really good practice. Yeah. Stuart, how about you? Um, I guess a common mistake that I, I feel like everybody's made at some point in their journey and um, needs to be moved on from is this, it's a right desire to want to, to achieve perfection and complete freedom. But that can actually be quite crippling because if you're only seeking the perfection and you're not seeking the process towards freedom, anytime that you have a slip, you, you feel like you're set back to square one. You're right back at baseline. Um, but I think that's a key thing. So many um, people are, are trying to get completely free in one go and not recognize that it's a process. It's a journey that does take work. It takes digging down. It takes um, learning more about yourself things that you've suppressed in the past. And so, yeah, I just encourage people to recognize that freedom isn't a, a one, one find. And for some it can be, but for most people it's, it's a process. It's, it's hard work and um, you can learn from the mistakes and actually count, they can count for part of, part of your freedom rather yeah. than just re reset everything. That's really good. Yeah, and I think we would all agree like, um, like the three of us have made huge steps in our journeys, obviously to reach this place where we can help others, but we're still working at it every day, right? Like there's still other areas that we still need to work on and improve and get better at and develop. Um, it's certainly not a binary thing where suddenly you cross the line and you're free. It's, uh, it's really a daily thing that, that we get to continue to build, um, at, you know, really day after day. Um, Okay, I wanted to do a quick rapid fire round, which is going through some of the classic solutions that are out there and seeing if you guys have tried them. So, um, so the first thing is internet filters. So I that was the first thing I did. Did you guys do internet filters? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, accountability partners. Yes. Uh, for a short season, yeah. Short season. Who were your accountability partners? I mean, you don't have to like obviously share names and all that kind of stuff, but what was the nature of the relationship? One was a mentor and one was a friend. Okay. Yeah, a, a pastor from a from a previous church. Pastor from a previous church. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was a friend. Guy, we were in the same band together, so just somebody I trusted. Um, spiritual disciplines. You guys, ever try to pray more, worship more, read Bible more, anything like that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which ones? Which ones in particular did you guys focus on? All of them. <laughs> probably probably praying more i would would think would be one of the biggest ones but the reality is it was a, a legalistic thing like if i pray more surely god will free me in. but yeah yeah he does but he does that through process most often so. yeah so i want I actually wanted to ask a follow-up to that because uh, obviously we're not we're never going to bash spiritual disciplines it's like you said it's the legalism and some of the thinking behind it yeah. that can make them problematic so for you guys now what are spiritual disciplines that you actually find useful as you continue in this journey journaling definitely one of those yeah and 
I think one thing that we don't think of as a spiritual discipline, but is community. Right. Yeah. Good. Really good. Yeah, I think um, whatever that might look like for different people, but staying present in God's presence. <laughs> um, so for me, that's very much uh, worship, just uh, time alone or time with others, uh, just engaging in worship or soaking, like just resting and allowing God to speak. Um, and yeah, journaling for sure. But the, the most significant part which comes with that is learning that um, it's about listening as much as it is about expressing whether that's worship, whether that's prayer, whether that's journaling, just being present and, yeah, ready to listen. So good. Yeah, so good. Um, okay, let's jump back in the rapid fire round here. Did either of you guys try like a white knuckling willpower, just like, you know, bounce the thoughts or that kind of thing? Do you guys do anything along those lines? I think white knuckling, I don't know necessarily bouncing thoughts, but yeah, definitely white knuckling. White knuckling, yeah. Stuart? Yeah. I guess to some extent, I mean, there was always this like, oh, it's the first day of a new month, or it's the first day of a new year. Like, like, <laughs> oh, I remember that, beginning. yeah. <laughs> um, and feeling like those were significant moments and the chance to try again. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember that one, yeah. Um, I, I said bouncing the thoughts and it's because I was, I was getting my thoughts mixed up. Um, but bouncing the eyes, did you guys ever, have you ever implemented that one? Ever tried that one? No. Okay. Not so much, no. Interesting. Okay. I got taught bouncing the eyes in high school, I think. So that was one I, I paid a lot of attention to. Um, and there's some benefactors there, but it's certainly, uh, it's not a very comprehensive solution. Um, Anything else, guys? Is there anything else out there that you see? Did you guys ever read books, podcasts? And um, the, I mean, I think books and podcasts often falls into some middle ground, like um, because sometimes we maybe we tell ourselves like, oh, I'll read this book and like everything is just going to work for me, which is rarely the case. But there are books out there that are really helpful. And I guess I'm curious, guys, for you, are there any any books or podcasts that have been helpful along the way? There weren't too many books available during most of the time that I dealt with this issue right. um, that were specific to the issue. And so maybe other books about how to be closer to God or different things like that, but none about porn specifically. Um, and I didn't start listening to podcasts until the pandemic. Uh, and so, okay. um, you know, there's two or three podcasts, recovery-related podcasts that I listen to uh, regularly. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean I listen to them as soon as they are published, but regularly yeah. I'll go kind of catch up on those. So. Yeah, cool. Wh which ones are they? Uh, Unleash the Man Within, which is yours. Yeah. Um, and Thursdays are hard because they're the interview days. And I only... <laughs> I have a short commute to work, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, the longer episodes, yeah, it's it's hard to get through that one. So, uh, and so, I do appreciate your podcast the other four days of the week, especially because I can listen to those pretty close to one setting, yeah, uh, which is very helpful. And then husband material with Drew Boa, and then yes. uh, the Pure Desire podcast. Yes, amazing. Yeah, very cool. Stuart, how about you? Yeah, I don't think I did 
there weren't really any books or podcasts in the past that I used to try and help, I guess, largely because I just didn't know what was there, what was available. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's that, again, like the whole, like not knowing who to turn to, not knowing what resources to turn to. Um, it's just something that's not publicized enough in churches and amongst amongst men especially. So. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So let's talk about the other side of this now, because obviously we are seeing things that are working. And I know you guys run your own uh, different groups and different activities within the community, and you're gonna you're gonna see certain things that really seem to be impacting people. You guys do chat support in our online community platform as well. So uh, I'd love to hear from both of you, Stuart. I'll have you kick it off. What are some things out there that that seem to be working and really helping guys? actively take steps towards that place of lasting freedom i think uh helping guys to to realize that in some ways i've said it before but helping guys to realize that a slip isn't a reset and to recognize that it's an opportunity to to move forward to learn something about the mistake and to process through what that issue was yeah. Um, and to, yeah, to come out the other side, having a, a clearer plan on how to move forward um, and to continue with progress. Um, I love that. Yeah, it's a big <laughs> one. No, it's a really big one, right? Because I think um, that's probably one of the most revolutionary things that people find out in our program is like, wait, what? Like, you're not like, you're not like getting on my case because I relapsed, you know, like, what's what's the deal? And we're like, no, these are just learning opportunities. Learn from it. Yeah. It's a new day and we'll keep going. Um, yeah. yeah, very cool. I think another thing as well um, is just learning to process your emotions. It's something that men, in my experience, have never really done. And even like your upbringing is like, oh, you don't cry about that. You don't respond in those kind of ways. And there's a whole like whole genre of emotions that men just aren't supposed to have. Or if they do, they're supposed to suppress them and hide them. Yeah. Um, be learning that those things are there for a reason and can actually help you understand what's going on internally and, and move forward. And so, yeah, just learning to to sit with your emotions and to process them. Yeah. Um, it's been a big thing for many guys. Yeah, so good. Henry? Yeah, you brought up some great things because, and I heard this on a podcast and I don't remember which one, but they said, you know, whenever you drive off the road, you don't start back over at, where you started you just get back on the road and keep going um maybe we get that from video games because you fall off the road and you have to start over uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> back to the old checkpoint yeah yeah you got to go back to the checkpoint and start over so maybe that's where we get that from um and so that's really good Stuart. but also i think that a big thing is not wanting to be comfortable um and not dealing with that discomfort of sitting with the emotions and because we become so adept at making ourselves comfortable, um, I think I've become a better questioner um, to ask the guys to get them to think about what it is that they're feeling. Yeah. Um, and so that was something just in chat support this last week. Um, you know, they've had good success because this was going to cause discomfort. So they were staying clean. Um, but they, when they chose not to be clean, it was because it was better than this discomfort over here. <laughs> and, you know, you can't just live between those two, that tension of those two discomforts. You've got to deal with them. 
And, yeah. you know, what is it that over here that you're trying to avoid? Um, so, yeah. And actually that's, that's reminding me because we had a couple of people in the community recently that, you know, really um, made some incredible progress and had, it had been a couple months and then relapsed. And um, I know uh, at least a few that come to mind right away when we were starting to kind of ask around, like, so what actually happened? You know, what was going on? It surfaced pretty quickly that there were uncomfortable things that they knew they had to do to kind of advance in the course and in their recovery. And they were just saying, well, you know, I've already made it a couple months. I sure I could do that. It would be the cherry on top, but I'm good to go. Uh, not realizing that, you know, the roots are still taking place and still kind of finding their their anchor points. So um, I think that's really important. Um, okay, I want to switch gears a little bit uh, with the time we have left because you guys are both local church pastors. And I think uh, for me, I often, f- I, I feel like I'm still working through this a little bit. I was a local church pastor for 10 years as well. That's probably why we get along so well and why, uh, why I've been able to work with you guys the way I have been. Um, but I think the church has a really important role to play in the future. There's just no way that we change the narrative around sexual sin and sexual integrity without the local churches being involved. And I think there are so many complexities to this, you know, because, um, you know, we have pastors who are struggling. Um, you know, I was a pastor for like 10 years and I almost those entire 10 years, I struggled. I just got free at the very end by God's grace. Um, and so we know that that's an element. And so some pastors are maybe skittish to even broach the subject. Um, and then I think you have the other side of it, which is like, hey, maybe the church is supposed to be resourcing and doing some things, but it doesn't have to be the only place that we go to get help. And I guess I'm just curious for you guys who are local church pastors, you've gone through recovery um, and obviously still ironing some things out. Like we said, this is not a perfect process here. Uh, but then also you guys have your ministries um, what what do you guys think the the local church should how should the local church be involved in recovery for somebody and I guess vice versa how does somebody lean into their local church appropriately while they're embarking on the recovery journey? Great question. Yeah, it's loaded, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting because from the Pure Desire podcast, I know that less than eight percent of churches have any resources to deal with this issue, hmm. uh, and so. The church is not doing it uh, yeah. at all. And um, our sexuality tends to be a private issue. And we avoid it because of that. And we've got to get past that um, because it's so prevalent. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Stuart? Yeah, I think... Um... I think it is the role and responsibility of the, the local church to, to to either, whether it's through men's groups or small groups that meet together and just become more vulnerable with each other about all things, all struggles. I think many churches struggle to really get to the heart of where each person is at. Um, and that's fundamental. And as soon as a church can be, be, uh, facilitate um people men women children teenagers being more vulnerable about their struggles um then these these bigger struggles that people feel like they've got nowhere to go automatically they now feel like okay this is a place where i'm it's safe i can share this Mm -hmm. and i think most teenagers which is where most of the guys we know start to struggle 
um, with porn, porn and masturbation. It, it starts for many as their as their teenagers. Like if the churches were, the youth groups were more willing to to be vulnerable and go there. Um, people would just feel straight off that they have somewhere where they can go and reach out before it grabs a hold of them. Yeah. Um, but but as well, um, recognizing that this is an issue um, both in and out of the church for, for men, I think um, churches should be looking for resources such as Deep Clean and other books and podcasts and things that they can then offer to people when those things come up. Yeah. Uh, like my experience was um, um, being directed to a specific filter um, and that was good, but it, it, it's not enough. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, even when you reach out into a church, they, they're not sure where to go. So churches need to, to be equipped with, with a recognition that it's a big issue, but also that it, it's an issue that there are resources out there. Yeah, for sure. And is it like, I, I know when I was a local church pastor, it, it wasn't easy. Like, even when I told my, I remember I was pastoring the youth and I told my senior leader, hey, I'm, I'm going to do a sex talk with them because clearly nobody at the church has done it. And I think they would really benefit from it. And he was like, oh, wow, they're super young. I'm like, they're 10, 11 years old. It is young. Um, and, and I'm not going to be like super graphic or descriptive, but these guys all show up to youth group with phones. So... Like mm-hmm. 10 is actually maybe a little bit late. You know what I mean? Like I, it didn't seem that crazy to me, but but for him, it was it was like a bit of a jump. And I, again, I was very respectful. And, and you know, again, he was a great leader. He, he let me do it. And um, and the, the kids actually, the next year, they always ask like, are you going to give that talk again? Um, <laughs> and, and they asked it like with anticipation, you know, like I think they actually appreciated the transparency and, um, yeah. and some of the honesty. But um, I don't know, like, what do you guys experience in, even in your own local churches? I guess I'm just kind of curious. Is there, is there an openness to this kind of conversation? Or are you finding that, yeah, we're in the 92% that really just don't have room to go there? Yeah, we're in the 92%. Yeah. 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 I would say the church I'm currently at probably is there. I think there might be a sense in many churches that, okay, it's the responsibility of the parents not the church but surely then the church has a responsibility to equip the parents to then to do that conversation well for those conversations Um, so i still think there's a responsibility of the church however however it's done whether it's done through youth group leaders or through parents to to equip those people yeah for sure and i hope for the pastors listening you know we're not i mean we've all been there i've i've been there and you guys are there and so um, this is not bashing by any means. I think we, we, we long to see the local church help more in this area because certainly we can do better than 8%, you know? Yeah. Well, I think it goes back to the thing that we want to be comfortable. And, um, you know, if we're going to be honest, ministry is messy. Yeah. And uh, the church is a sleeping giant that if it were okay to hurt out loud, and to deal with those messes, um, people would be flocking to church. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That that's really well said, man. Yeah, I agree. What What about the other side of this? So let's say somebody is uh, attending a local church. They acknowledge that you know their church is not going to really give them the help that they need, and so you know they they participate in a program or they're at least getting some help elsewhere. Um, how can somebody at least still include 
the local church as part of their recovery process, even if maybe the local church is not willing to broach the subject directly? Is is there anything they can gain from the local church in the meantime? Or or I don't know, what, what do you guys think? I have some thoughts myself, but we've never really talked about this. I'm kind of curious. Yeah, I think it's important to be involved in a local church regardless, uh, because yes. you need that local community. And even in a post-COVID world where we're so comfortable with Zoom, it's not the same. Um, And I was in a fitness small group and I was amazed at the lack of local relationships, even the men in that fitness group. And it was a Christian man's group had, Um, you know, like one guy said, you know, he didn't have any friends locally and that periodically he would drive several hours to meet with a buddy of his. Wow. Um, And so you've got to get in there and develop friendships and take them, um, you know, ease them into it a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper. Yes. Yeah. Stuart, what do you think? Um, Yeah, I think it's important for for anyone, if there's someone going through a process of a course such as this to... um, to learn to be vulnerable with other people. And if you're in a church that doesn't facilitate and nurture that, there's still no reason why you can't reach out to an an individual within the church um, and be the means to kind of start that, like light that little fire that might start to grow. And if you can can take the first step to reach out to a, a fellow guy and just say, hey, I'm struggling with this, or this, whatever it is, whether it's porn, whether it's um, judgments, anger, whatever it is that you're wrestling with, you can start to share that and be vulnerable. And you'll be surprised. It may not be that the guy has the same struggle, but when you start to reach out to others and be vulnerable, they'll be vulnerable back with whatever it is they're wrestling with. Yeah. And I think that's that's the way you're, a church culture that is is not super vulnerable is going to start to shift. Yeah. Yeah. One, I... one relationship at a time. Yeah. And then... Can I add something to that, Stuart? Yeah. I think part of the issue is, is in the past, and Sathya, even in the course, you don't call it an accountability partner. You call it a spotter. Right. And accountability has come to mean that we only share uh, the darkest parts of ourselves with somebody. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of just for them to keep us in check, uh, you know, whether it's road rage or whatever we deal with. And it's about doing life with that other person that, not only are you sharing the stuff that you're struggling with, but you're sharing the things you enjoy with them as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, for me, I, I fell into that by accident and then all of a sudden I realized, wow, funny how that works. Like I'm having these more transparent relationships and not overtly talking about my sexual sin and my sexual struggles, but just talking about life and um, the challenges that come with it and, and the, the good things as well, right? Like it's not just about the bad things. It's just about, the transparency so they see everything and suddenly i'm making better decisions i'm valuing myself more my appetites are decreasing um i totally agree and the one thing i wanted to add to the local church conversation for for somebody who's listening who you're, you're part of a local church i uh the way i've been saying it lately is that the local church cannot offer you everything in recovery but they can offer you something and every local church um is going to have a different something to offer you but it, it is there 
you know, whether it's it's the community, whether it's a, a place where you can encounter God, maybe it's really good Bible teaching. Um, all of those things are really foundational elements for recovery and certainly for lasting recovery. So there is something there for you, and um, and we encourage you guys to to tune in and dig in. Um, to kind of uh, land this rocket ship, guys, this has been amazing, really rich and really good answers here. I'm wondering if you can just speak to the person who who maybe um, is is dealing with like the, oh, I'm so glad it worked out for you guys, but you don't know my situation. You know, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've tried. Um, because I think we can all remember that that time where we had those thoughts as well, you know, where we would see the other success stories and think, oh man, that's great, but um, but not me. You guys don't know what it's like over here. Um, what, what would you say to somebody who's maybe dealing with those thoughts and wondering if they're ever actually going to get free? Yeah, like I was just sharing with the need to, to be vulnerable with somebody else. Um, I've experienced a, a trying that several times and feeling less likely to try that again because <laughs> it's not being received well. And so yeah. I can totally relate where you have been vulnerable, but the other person has like not been supportive or, or even rejected you. Um, I'm sorry for that person, but for, um, for the person who's rejected, but for the person who's been rejected, I and mean, if that's you listening and like you felt rejected when you tried to reach out, reach out again, find somebody because you are valuable. You are worth somebody um, investing in you and supporting you. You are worth you investing in yourself. Um, yeah. And those knocks, um, ultimately, they can keep us down or they can actually give us, um, in a sense, steps to, to move on from. And knocks are never comfortable, but they can actually help make us stronger in the end if we push through them. So, yeah, if that is, if someone's listening and they felt that, um, I feel you, but I encourage you, like, maybe the next time you share it will be someone who will, you'll find some support, you'll find connection, and it's so valuable when you do. And, yeah, you, you guys are worth, worth it moving forward. That's good, man. Um, yeah, I would say things are different. Um, I think that a lot of the times when I went to people for support, I don't know that they were necessarily unwilling. I think they were just lost and didn't know what to do. And, um, there's so much more research now and so much more stuff that things are different and it is possible because personally I'd resign myself to this is just a struggle that I'm going to have and I'm going to have to deal with it and have found, uh, that there is that healing is possible. Uh, I don't have to suffer with it. Yeah. Uh, and so just in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, there's been a lot of change in how we approach the, this particular struggle or any struggle with sexual integrity. And it works. Whereas before then, um, it was just stop it, uh, <laughs> which wasn't a real answer. And so continue to reach out, continue to find solutions, uh, to search for solutions, and you'll find one that meets you where you are. Yeah, that's uh, amazing. Guys, this has been so rich. Thank you for your time. And, uh, you know, for those of you who are listening um, and want to know uh, at least a little bit more about what it's like to be part of our community and our team, uh, these guys are shining examples of, um, of just people that have put in the hard work, that have said yes to everything that God's called them to. 
And it's amazing, guys. You you inspire me. I was getting a little bit emotional just a minute ago hearing you guys talk um, and hearing you share because I sometimes I still can't believe that that this is what Deep Clean has become and that I get to work with cool guys like you and uh, and have you guys on the team. It it's truly an honor. So so thanks for your time today, guys, and for imparting some of your wisdom. Really appreciate it. You're welcome, You're welcome Sophia. Well, there you have it, man. I love those guys. And uh, honestly, I was, I was fighting back tears. Uh, and I feel them a little bit even as I'm recording this because um, sometimes, you know, some days I can't believe that this is deep clean. You know, I can't believe that there's other people who are willing to, to be alongside me to coach. And, um, and sometimes I look at these guys and I just think, man, oh man, I, I can't believe God has done what God, only God could have done in their lives uh, through just little old deep clean. Um, yeah, it blows me away sometimes. So, Okay. Well, thank you, Jesus. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, If you want some more recovery resources, obviously you have the podcast here. You're listening to that right now. Make sure you subscribe to it so that you get it in your newsfeed every single day. Uh, But then I would really highly recommend that you get a copy of my best-selling book, The Last Relapse. We give away a free digital copy right now at thelastrelapsebook.com. I just want to give you a heads up. We will eventually start charging for this. And uh, that that time is probably sooner than later. So if you haven't got a copy yet, you should definitely do that. I'll do my best to give you a heads up for when we will actually start charging so that you guys have like a final window. But really, it's so easy. It's like two clicks and you can have a free copy instantly in your inbox. And um, I highly recommend you do that. So that's the last relapsebook.com. You can go ahead and get that right now. In the meantime, guys, have an amazing day. Thank you for listening. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey everybody, it's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast, and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.